Hello and welcome to this week's Oxcast, or the Snifflecast, as it could be called this <laughs> week, because we've all got calls of various kinds at various stages. Um, and sadly, I'm I'm sitting in this week for Katie, who is okay, but you know, enjoying a limp sip somewhere. Um, so today is Wednesday, the twelfth of October, and. Amongst other things, today Mike's going to be telling us about the Oxford Leader Festival, which is coming up. I'll be talking about Oxford Fashion Week. But first, it's over to Jen to find out what's happening at the weekend. I've got a mixed bag this weekend of family-friendly and distinctly less family-friendly stuff. So we're kicking off with the Oxfordshire Museum Family Fun Day on Saturday. Uh, this marks the museum's birthday. Not sure which birthday. Um, and it includes a musical petting zoo which, of course, got us terribly excited in the office, having misunderstood what it was. <laughs> but <laughs> it's actually uh, some uh, musical instruments brought by the Bait Museum uh, for children to have a good look at. And, and oh, that's good fun. We think. <laughs> it may, may yet involve small goats with chimes, but we, uh, we'll have to go along and find out. Um, uh, also uh, going along there, uh, the Dumnonica Iron Age reenactment people, uh, who are coming up from the West Country, um, who say they take their responsibility to the public very seriously. As children, many of us attended reenactment events, and we know that members of the public seeing a display like ours believe what they've seen is true. Um, but they'll also <laughs> hand uh, children plastic shields and foam spears, and they say, watch grown men curl up in a little ball beneath the onslaught of enthusiastic children. <laughs> That's fun. I remember the foam age very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's being brought back to life. Um, so, yeah, a lot, often family-friendly really means things for the children but not for the adults. But I think this is a genuinely, all ages, everyone will get something out of this. Um, yeah, there's music, there's um, food, there's all sorts of things going on. And this is in the Oxfordshire Museum, which is sort of bang in the middle of Woodstock, in a nice um, old house with a sort of nice glassy extension for the museum bit to be in as well. Um, this is happening on Saturday the 15th, 12 till 430 um, and the museum itself generally is open 10 till 5 and it's got a dinosaur garden as well. Also this weekend, if you don't fancy a, a dose of history, uh, you could visit the Tattoo Convention, which is happening in Kidlington. This is apparently Oxfordshire's first tattoo convention, despite the fact I believe we have a small tattoo parlour which labels itself the Tattoo Museum of Great Britain, somewhere up the county road. So, really? Um, <laughs> I walk past one on the way to Desco all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never... I've never Peruse this their one's collection. Up by the uh, majestic wine place, uh, Fairlock yeah. Canyon Road. Of course. Wow. Um, so perhaps that's why it's being staged. What happens in a tattoo museum? Do you have just people that are there all the time? <laughs> I am exhibition number two. <laughs> Having their lunch. There's a terrible short story by Saki about a man who has a, an amazing tattoo on him who then gets claimed by the state as, a, as an art and peace can't leave the country um, anyway <laughs> so the tattoo convention is happening at Exeter Hall in Kidlington cool. uh, and it's running all weekend uh, so that's 12 till 11pm on Saturday and 10 till 11pm on Sunday um, and it's £15 a person or £25 for the weekend and kids go free as well as obviously tattoo artists uh, there are piercers, performers, live music food and drink awesome people apparently um, and they're fundraising for the Oxford Animal Sanctuary and Meningitis now very cool 
uh, or if you don't fancy that, uh, getting progressively less child-friendly here, Camera Beer Festival is happening in the town hall. Um, it starts on Thursday at five o'clock and it runs basically until either 9pm on Saturday or until the beer runs out on Saturday, which may be considerably <laughs> earlier. Um, there will be 140 different real ales, 60 ciders and perries, hot and cold food. Uh, it's £10 to get in or £8 for camera members or Oxford University or Brooks Real Ale Society members. Um, and that £10 includes a souvenir glass, a programme and £6 worth of beer tokens. Oh, wow. Well, that's great then. Which is nice. Um, there. Um, they say that uh, on Friday evening it gets quite crammed, so either go <laughs> earlier on Friday or be prepared to wait. Um, they have to work within the capacity of the building. <laughs> also starting this week is the Oxford Leader Festival, which has been going on for many, many years, but its latest edition is uh, to do with Schumann's this year. is titled The Schumann Project. Uh, Leader, I think I talked about this last year on the podcast, but again, Leader, if you don't know what it is, uh, traditional romantic, early romantic song um, that is often based on certain types of myth and certain types of literature and poetry and uh, to do very much with the how the words and music intertwine and react and things like that. Um, and so the biggest proponents were Schubert and Schubert and all those kind of people. Um, and so that's what the Schubert Project is about. Um, and the Leader Festival is really fantastic at having all the main concerts and stuff. So there's the Dichter Lieber on the 23rd with, um, I actually don't know how to pronounce his name, but Bo Scovis, I think, <laughs> and Matty Havonen. The Dichter Lieber, if you don't know, is it's equivalent to the Winterizer in Fame or the Schoener Muller in. It's one of those massive cycles, the 16 songs. And the story is about a particularly gloomy knight who, um, he every night he... Uh, is visited by his fairy girlfriend and they go and dance and have fun. But then in the morning he's returned to his quiet poet's room and is gloomy again. Oh. Um, so he decides that he's going to bundle all his sorrow into a coffin, which 12 giants will throw into the sea. But um, it also contains all his love and suffering, which is why it's so big. And um, yeah, so quite a mixed mixed bag of an ending, uh, happy and sad. <laughs> so that's on the 23rd. Yeah, the festival's really good at having loads of fringe events, which aren't just concerts. Um, so there are lots of talks, which you might expect. But also um, on the 17th, which is Monday at 2.45, the Phoenix Pitch House is showing the film Frühlung Symphony, which um, translates as Spring Symphony. And that's a German film from 1983. It's about the relationship between Clara and Robert. Uh, um, Clara was Schumann's wife, by the way. Um, uh, Clara was a really fantastic pianist, um, toured all over Europe, and was very, very famous, and wrote a lot too, but mm-hmm. because of how the musical canon worked and various things, she was forgotten until fairly recently. So, very similar to the film, is a new play called Duet by a company called RE Sounds, which uh, they're putting on at the King's Arms, uh, starting on the 17th, but it's a few nights on during the festival. And again, that's about the relationship between Clara and Robert, uh, more to do with later in life than how they met. But it's accompanied by Schumann's music, but it's Robert Schumann's music, which I think will aim for quite a one-sided portrayal of the relationship, if you're only showing one of their music. (sighs) Um, And kind of on that theme, Clara (laughs) has been somewhat forgotten during this festival about Schumann. There is one day pretty much dedicated to her, apart from one concert, which is not... But yeah, so it starts with a talk called Clara Schumann, International Star by Natasha Loge. So it's the 19th, which is Wednesday, uh, which is quite a way into the festival to acknowledge her presence at all. 
But um, there are there is some stuff. So there's a concert by Catherine Watson, William Daisley, and Shelto Kynock. Shelto is one of the organisers, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. And that's Liebesfrühling, uh, which is a cycle by both humans, and was famous because they refused to reveal which songs they'd set individually. Uh-huh. Um, so you can tell, uh, which is very much the point. Another point on Clara is that she did release quite a lot of stuff under Robert's name, oh, because really? uh, it wouldn't have been published otherwise. Um, so there is still working going on and picking them apart and finding who actually wrote the stuff <laughs> oh the past so much to answer for um but clara being a pianist also wrote a lot of uh piano music which the Leeds festival is fairly good at showing as well um so there are a couple of concerts on that evening um one with brownie williams john mark ainsley and david owen norris and another with the phoenix piano trio which is again shalto's trio um and they'll be really good fun it's really interesting stuff clara's work is is really fantastic. It just has fallen by the wayside and continues to by the looks of it. But uh, the leader, the leader festival is really um, it, it's the biggest of its kind in the UK and is a really important one to go to. And the really high quality performers. Um, Ian Bostridge isn't coming this year, but it does often. So well, it's that kind of level of festival. So it's worth going to, and that's running from the fourteenth to 29th. And now onto a subject I obviously know everything about and. Uh, represent and embody uh, fashion in case you can't see me I'm wearing elbow patches and a bemused expression um, which is about as fashionable as I get so Oxford Fashion Week is coming up uh, from next Monday the 17th to Friday and the Oxford Fashion Week team are returning to their hometown guess what, Oxford for their 10th season after um, running shows during New York Fashion Week London Fashion Week, Paris basically your centres of hipness. And it culminates in, as you might expect, a couple of big runway shoes. The shoes are on Friday at 6 and 8. Uh, tickets are from £15 and £35 respectively, up to 75 for um, front row seats at both. As you maybe might less expect, the show, Concept and Couture, is taking as its concept dumpster designs uh, and is transforming discarded materi- marketing materials from the charity um, Oxfordshire Youth um, into a dress that will feature as part of the runway show. So it's like amazing reclaimed materials. Um, and the yeah, the show is raising funds for Oxfordshire Youth. So it will look amazing as well as giving you a bit of an insight into their work. I often wonder about projects like that and the using reclaimed materials to make fashion because the statement is is clear enough and it's good that it's you know you don't have to waste things and things can be reused mm-hmm. but in the same way it's using materials that wouldn't usually be used to create clothes and I wonder the kind of effect and the efficacy of it as well um, because it's it's they're so dumpster diving for food is certainly a thing that's becoming more widespread true and um, does work because a lot of good food is thrown away but clothes once thrown away aren't wasted in the same way and um, you're probably not going to want to wear clothes for a skip <laughs> anyway Well high fashion is extremely wasteful and there were some um, big stores particularly in America I think which were criticised because when they got to the end of the season they would throw all the clothes away and they wouldn't allow them to go to charity in any way because that undermined their brand hmm. so there were just skips full of Perfectly wearable clothes that just hadn't been bought. Um, oh, wow. Which is pretty terrible. And if something's going to be used once and discarded anyway, why not um, 
make it something creatively sourced. But there are plenty of other fringe events during the week. Um, opening night is going to be marked by it's going to be marked by a late opening of a number of high street retailers, um, including Toast, Sweaty Betty, Aspire, Topshop, Moss Bros everyone, um, are going to be giving away golden front row tickets to the shows and offering promotions and things. Um, there's an interesting talk on Tuesday at 7, it's um, free, uh, it's about cultural appropriation, so they've got, uh, they've convened a panel of industry experts and opinionists, that's a new one on me, um, to discuss and debate uh, cultural appropriation. Uh, anyone can kind of take inspiration from anywhere, but how does that mix with respect for where it originated? Do you think it's in response to the recent um, row about the show full of Hindu deities? Mm. It's, been, it's been going on for it's been going on for a while since like mm. very like Inca patterns have been. <laughs> I mean, trendy young men have been wearing Inca things from Topshop for a, a couple of years now. Um, Is that really what those designs where they've come? I think they're vaguely um. like or Aztec. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> then there's this fashion for that. Yeah. Well, it's a Scandinavian jumpers like detectives wear. <laughs> but there's also the issue of does it still count as cultural appropriation when the culture doesn't exist anymore? <gasps> wearing the work of the Tlaquilo. Goodness. <laughs> would that be keeping their work alive or will that be appropriating it? Such questions and more, I assume, are going to be covered um, on the talk, which is free. It's going to be at Oxford Castle Unlocked. Um, also going to be an appearance by uh, Kraken, who are Italian designer Katarina Schmidt, uh, a high-end fashion brand and bespoke atelier, who have introduced the K-sizing system, which is a pioneering formula to dress the modern transgender woman. So they've carefully collected the data, and so they hope the system will put an end to the perfect fit struggle for all those identifying as female. And they've carefully collected a lot of data and converted male measurements and proportions to feminine style. So yeah, as well as being stylish as Flip, uh, Kraken also wants to bring its own contribution to social change through what it does. And Oxford Fashion Week has featured transgender models as part of its Oxford shoes anyway, so huzzah. So yes, many affordable and uh, interesting events happening throughout the week. Um, there's also a bloggers presentation party. You can hear from lots of fashion bloggers and get advice. Um, uh, that's free on Wednesday, and uh, fashion illustration workshops at the Jam Factory on Thursday, which are fourteen fifty to be a part of. It's time for a new exhibition at Western Library. And conveniently there's one starting this Friday, and it's called Staging History. Um, and it's exploring how history was told on stage in Regency-era Britain, and what effect uh, the historical events including exploration, revolution and patriotism, had on the theatre, opera and drama um, from sort of 1780 to 1840. Um, and the exhibition features set designs and uh, things like that, very beautiful things, uh, both from the Bodleian and from elsewhere. Um, the Western Library uh, is a lovely space, I think, worth popping into. It's got a nice cafe um, and, uh, yeah, it's generally really sort of spacious and generous-feeling building. Mm. Um, and that's the one at the top of Broad Street that has been cloaked in uh, refurbishment notices for so long and is finally here. <laughs> um, uh, this exhibition is running through to the 8th of January. I'm presuming it's going to be closed at least sometime over Christmas, um, but I don't think the Christmas closing dates are up yet. Uh, and in general, the building is open um, every day 
and the exhibition is on 10 till 5, Mondays to Saturdays, and 11 till 5 on Sundays, and is free. Um, And as part of its opening excitement, uh, on Saturday the 15th, uh, there is a print workshop for families where you can create your own playbill um, using the Bodleian's printing press, uh, which I believe to be in the foyer of the Western Library. That's happening 11 till 3 on Saturday. We're talking a lot about history in the podcast this week. It's almost like Katie's absence has just left a history-sized void, which we're (laughs) desperate to fill. And history Um, is rather huge. And filling that void, Katie chatted to Harry Housem about his new event, Stand Up History. So basically, it is a stand-up show all about history. You've heard of stand-up comedy? Well, this is stand-up history. It's a little bit like your funniest history teacher, but with more jokes. Uh, And it's all right if you're not laughing, you are learning. (laughs) And who is involved? Uh, So myself and my colleague Alex... Uh, part of Type 5 Comedy. Uh, we organise events around Oxford. We run gigs in the colleges. We run Jericho Comedy, which is a bi-monthly night at the Jericho Cafe. Uh, and we also run one-off special nights like Stand Up History. So we are the organisers. We are also on. Uh, we actually did Stand Up History for a month at the Edinburgh Fringe. And basically now we're bringing it after a month of shows mm-hmm to the people of Oxford with a really exciting lineup of professional comedians and historians. Well, we're very lucky to have that. <laughs> what was the reception like in Edinburgh? Really, really well. Um, we're actually annoyed. We just wanted to do a show that allowed us to have a bit of creative freedom and allow us to do comedy every day so that we got better every day. But the reception was so good. We were actually annoyed. We we didn't previously pursue trying to get people to come in and review the show because people it was it was rather overwhelming the response we had really full audiences and it was just incredibly fun you also get a kind of audience when you do a history show that you don't get doing other shows you'll get very pedantic heckles about periods of history or <laughs> if you've said the wrong century you'll soon find out about it oh, and in fact um uh, so alex who i run the gigs with has a bit of material about captain morgan as in Captain Morgan's rum. I won't ruin the material, but on one day, a descendant of Captain Morgan was in the front row. Wow, what was was their reaction? They loved it. They absolutely loved it. It was, um, it's just one of those things of having a a show which is with quite, not even necessarily niche knowledge, but something people are very passionate about, Mm. is you do get a kind of audience who really, really wants to be involved. Um, so yeah, it was, it was it was really good fun at Edinburgh, and I'm really excited to bring it to Oxford because it is the I think it's the same kind of demographic of people at Edinburgh who would kind of love it in Oxford. Yeah. If you want to hear more about archaeology and history and Harry's favourite historical figure and where to draw the line when looking for the funny bits of history, then check out the full version of the interview on the Oxcast Extra. That's Stand Up History, which is at the Jericho Tavern on Wednesday at 8pm. And it's £5. Glorious. Is that is that really? Wow. Uh, there's a curious trend of academic stand-up in Oxford, because Bright Club's been going for a while, and that's yeah. a lot of science stuff, really, isn't it? Um, mm. Yes, it's academics thinking, oh, I'm good at my subject. And mm. Everyone else can be good at it, too. <laughs> and elsewhere, I think. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of across the country, people are realising that it's not enough to do science in a lab by yourself. You kind of need to tell people about it. it? (laughs) And if you're going to be laughed at for your research, you may as well do it (laughs) in a legitimate environment. (laughs) Um, Where that is the idea. Roundup of all things cinematic. 
no. Um, and a wonderful, okay, something that's a wonderful treat for me. I don't know if anyone else cares about it, but I've got the microphone, so let's talk about it anyway. Um, on Monday at the Odeon, having been so mistreated in cinema recently, Batman is um, back another time. But in a form you might recognise, Warner Bros and DC Comics introduced Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders for a special one-night event. It's animation, but it's voiced by Adam West, Burt Ward, the 60s crew, um, <laughs> who did the um, original best, most tongue-in-cheek and most ridiculous Batman of all. Have you watched any of the 60s series of Batman? Very brightly coloured. <laughs> and did have lots of wonderfully onomatopoeic fight noises. Yeah, a bit too much goes on, really. Really? <laughs> it's a bit bit overstimulating. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I've seen the animation or just the comic strips and kind of imagined the animation from it. You can imagine more going... It's a bit like a cartoon, anyway, I, I guess, is the point. And now that Adam West may be too old to punch people in the face, <laughs> may as well make a cartoon do it for him. But it should be ridiculously entertaining and it's mildly innuendous and... Exclusive to the Odeon guests, be seated 15 minutes before the start of the film to have a chance to win a box set of the entire original series. Wow. Which would be enough to last you forever. Um, but <laughs> truly cinema-wise, um, this week is... Well, the UPP wins. The UPP has won the, the podcast this week because of its wonderful programme, including Kubo and the Two Strings is coming to the UPP... At last, OX4 can enjoy the stop-motion glory. You won't believe it's not CG, because the um, stop-motion is just that amazing. Also showing on Sunday and Monday is The Man Who Fell to Earth. Bowie just keeps on appearing. Uh, so it's the 40th anniversary of the release of The Man Who Fell to Earth, in which, this is not a spoiler, Bowie gets to um, be an extraterrestrial genius who is appearing on Earth desperately trying to get supplies to bring back to his home planet. And he doesn't really have to act at all, which is great. <laughs> he just has to... <laughs> he kind of just has to wander around looking slightly amphibious and withdrawn and um, be pursued by various people and have a nosebleed in an elevator. That's a spoiler. No, it was a little bit mind-bending, actually, when, when I saw it. I had saw it recently. It's been uh, restored for its 40th anniversary in glorious 4K and it does look amazing. It actually has aged very well. Um, but, yeah, just narrative-wise and in terms of what's real what, and what's not, what's supposed to be funny and what's not. <laughs> it was a little bit reality-altering, and I had to go home and watch The Prisoner just to get back to normality. <laughs> but I'd utterly recommend that. Finally, a rather special event, uh, which is happening next Thursday the 20th. It's a little way away, but may sell out, so be aware. The gripping documentary The Confession is coming to the UPP um, and its subject, uh, Moatsam Beg, is going to be present along with director Ashish Gadjali um, and they're going to be having a Q&A session. So Moatsam Beg is a British Muslim and former Guantanamo Bay detainee, um, both important points, who um, after being in prison for a couple of years, no charges brought against him. He can be quietly spoken, is wonderfully articulate and talks about the rise of modern jihad and the concepts behind it. So in advertising for the documentary you see a montage of various terrible goings on of the past 15 years and over it uh, Beg saying very calmly and clearly that the government has a narrative that this all this is about my ideology and my religion 
it's not. It's about torturing, bombings, people being imprisoned without charge or without trial, um, and saying the state was coming into conflict with him. Uh, it's 15. Well, it may be challenging, but just to it's good to uh, prove that um, to be outspoken, you don't have to um, be speaking loudly. <laughs> He's just very kind of calm, laconic, and clear um, and reasonable, and the kind of person you could listen to for hours. So yeah, you get the chance to listen to him for hours, basically, and ask questions of your choice at the Ultimate Picture Palace on Thursday the twentieth. As always, for full cinema listings, check out the site. And also, the full interview with Katie and Harry from the Stand Up History event. And as ever, because we're so wonderfully sociable, um, please do follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as Daily Info Oxford. Bye!